0: Hi, heathens. I'm Matthew Blake, one of the co-hosts of this podcast, and I'm super delighted to welcome you to today's very special episode. Quick note, my wise and wonderful co-host, Karen Thurston, was unfortunately out of town on the day we recorded this conversation. And believe me, none of you misses her more than I do. She elevates every conversation she's a part of, and I can only imagine the additional layers of goodness we would have pulled back had she been around for this one. So... I'm sorry you're stuck with me for today, but rest assured, Karen will be back next week. That said, our guest today is a person well acquainted with the types of spiritual conversations for the godless that we like to have here at Heathen. His name is Derek Webb, and I'm sure a lot of Heathen listeners will be familiar with him from his many years as a recording artist, beginning in the band Cademan's Call, which was my absolute favorite band back in high school and college, and then in a solo career that has spanned the past 15 years. For most of the time I've been listening to his music, Derek has always seemed to occupy a space that's on the edges of Christianity. Cabin's Call was marketed as a Christian band, and I've definitely seen Derek perform in more than one church over the years, but in Christian culture, he's often been branded with a bit of a caution label, maybe? You know those parental advisory warning stickers you'd find on the bad CDs at Camelot Music in the mall back in high school? You guys remember Camelot, right? I'm not the only one. Um... Anyway, I kind of got that feeling about Derek when I would read about him in the Christian press, which is totally a thing, and I used to read a lot of it, y'all. Some folks called him a prophet, speaking hard truths back to the institution of faith in which he was planted. Others kind of wrote him off entirely because he used what they deemed unsavory metaphorical language, because metaphors must be savory in Christendom, people. Come on. At any rate, he's always seemed to be at the edges of the Christian faith, testing the boundaries, pushing back, making some political noise, and stirring up a little trouble. Definitely much too inclusive for the tastes of a lot of traditional Christians. And for me, as a deeply repressed Enneagram 8 at the time, well, I fucking loved that shit. It gave me a lot of permission to ask questions that I couldn't ask elsewhere. So last September in 2017, when I was sitting down with folks and recording the very first conversations that would become heathen, Derek released his latest record, Fingers Crossed, an album that he has called A Tale of Two Divorces. It is his reflection on exactly that, both the end of a marriage and a reckoning with apostasy. One of the first sentences that you'll read on the heathen website website is apostasy is hard, and that is never more true than for someone who has a public component to their faith. Derek put out an entire record about his journey into unbelief, and you can imagine some of the response from people like me who've been listening to his music for over 20 years. Actually, the great thing is that you don't have to imagine it at all, because shortly after releasing Fingers Crossed, Derek and some of his friends launched another project called The Airing of Grief. So this is a podcast in which Derek has invited his fans or anyone, really, to set up a 10-minute Skype call with him and air their grief. Sometimes folks are resonating with what he's saying and calling out religious institutions or expressing doubt in God. And other times the grief they have to air is with Derek himself for abandoning their faith. Both of these projects, the album, Fingers Crossed, and the podcast, The Airing of Grief, They're just beautiful human endeavors, and I can't recommend them to you highly enough. Uh, Derek actually gave us permission to soundtrack this conversation with the music of Fingers Crossed, so you'll get to hear bits of that throughout our talk. And I've put links to everything in the show notes, um, DerekWebb.com and the Airing of Grief podcast. So please check those out. And if you want even more after that, I definitely, I definitely recommend checking out some fellow um, ex-faith, ex-Christian type podcasts that have each recently featured Derek as well, um, and are just generally really great resources for for heathens. <laughs> One is called Exvangelical, and the other is called The Life After. I really enjoyed Derek's conversations with each of those uh, podcasts, so I think you might as well. Okay. That's enough out of me. I'm going to send you directly into Derek's and my conversation, which I just absolutely loved. It is always a pleasure to sit down with someone who has been doing really significant internal work and is ready to talk about it. And in Derek's case, that work is providing space and soundtrack, and to borrow his words, real estate on which folks like you and me can stand. I also have to say that getting to sit down and have a 90-minute conversation with an artist that you've admired for 20 years is such a cool moment. It's way better than the 30-second interaction you get having your CD signed in a long line with, with tons of other people. So I highly recommend that. Big, big thank you uh, to Derek for taking the time during his California tour to stop by and talk about apostasy. Here it is. spiritual conversations for the godless i'm matthew blake and i'm karen thurston welcome to heathen
1: it
2: comes up great if not dude yeah awesome i'm just cool i'm a professional talker you really are so i'm I'm always so i'm always reinforcing my
0: brand (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i've been uh like you know doing my research while yeah I'm listening to the podcast you've been doing oh yeah airing grief yeah well airing or, or, or grief or yes, other, intervi- but or also other the interviews podcast. on exvangelical and yes. uh what um the one that just came out life after life after what good people oh my god like so good yeah yeah, yeah such lovely. good guys I love and, what they're doing too. yeah
2: me too me too um but yeah no you were so as you professional know, talker, I'm, exactly. a, I'm, pro, I'm a professional <laughs> like, talker. It really like, is. I mean, it's going to be easy for me and in, no, in, in, no, in no. other parts of my work, wind up like other uh, music related, but not uh, artist career related things that I do because I do like I do other things. I do like consulting work sometimes yeah. on music startups. I yeah. do like I do a handful of random things when I'm in during the week when I'm in town and when I'm not working on the weekends playing shows and um that's a, and it, that's mainly all of what I'm always doing. I'm just ta- I'm just a talker. I'm yeah. just a professional talker. <laughs> I show up and I open my mouth. That's what I, that's what I do. That's awesome. So,
0: <laughs> no, you just uh, noise trade. You just kind of wrapped that up, right? I did. I
2: wrapped up my time at noise trade. Yep, yep. Which I started in 2008. Yeah. So 10 years that thing. I didn't think that was going to go more than six months. It's awesome. You know. I mean, I, we we've used it. We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I, I gave some freeze. music away in 2006 and and kind of. Figured some things out about the value of de- of owning data as an artist, mm-hmm. um, being able to to go directly to your fans and dig tunnels under, you know, all the gatekeepers, the data gatekeepers, and I mean that's how I make a living now. Still, you know, like the the, the way I was able to put yeah. forty people in a house show in San yeah. Diego last night, which is really far from home for me, is because I have, you know, I I think it's like. I don't remember how many, but I've, you know, within 50 miles of San Diego, I've got a, a big email list. And so I email them yeah. and I say, Hey, I'm coming and please come and here's a link to buy tickets. Yep. And they do, you know? And so it's like, it worked for me, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so, so, so I figured that out in, uh, 2006 and then it took us two years to start the, to get the company up and running cause no one would give us any money mm. because we didn't at that time really know people would ask us, how's it going to make money? Right. We didn't have a clue. We just knew it was going to work.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and we were going to be using it. So. It was going to benefit us, so it didn't matter to us how it was going to make money. Like, we were, me and all my friends who were going to use it were going to make money from from it, from yeah. it existing. So we wanted to put, we put our own money into it, which wound up being a great thing, that we ne- never took any investment, we never had any debt, you know, so that when we went to sell the company, which we did maybe two, a two, little more than two years ago, mm-hmm. um, we were the sole owners, so it was great. Awesome. So it was a good exit for us, and yeah. then they kept me and our team on to keep running it, because I had been... It's president for what, four years, maybe. I forget exactly what it was, but I mean, I'd always been involved, but um, I had stepped in to run it full time to take a literally take a break from my music career to run that company for a couple years. Yeah, there, yeah. which was like a moment we knew we knew we, we were coming up on a couple of important years and and um, I had been reluctant to do it previous because I had my day job playing music. So I was like, I can't take a year or two off. But then I found myself in a position of wanting to take a year or two off. And so I was like, well, this is perfect then. And so I stepped in to run Noise Trade until we got acquired. I thought that's where I was going to leave. But then um, Pledge Music, which is a New York-based music platform, really cool. People that I've known for a long time Bear who acquired us asked me to stay on. And even for about a for a year, to I had a pledge music job too. I was I was the GM of Pledge Music Nashville, running their business oh, in wow. Nashville because they didn't have an office in Nashville. They had a lot of, a lot of business there, but nobody on the ground. Right. So I spent one year as their GM in Nashville while still running Noise Trade. Stopped doing that because I was like, okay, I just like that's this is now occupying way too much of my bandwidth. It's really fun work, but like I I, I need to I never plan on taking more than a couple of years off of music. And now mm-hmm. I'm going into my fourth or fifth year. Like I really need to reallocate my time. Yeah. And so, and I was trying to finish a record, which wound up being fingers crossed. Like I really was trying to finish writing and recording that record and I had no energy or time mm. to do it. And so, and, and the only reason that record finally came out is because I backed out of my pledge music job.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So I stopped doing that. I was still running noise trade, which was fine because I had a great team. And so, uh, was able to finish fingers crossed, and then when I started in by the end, by, by the end of 2017, last year, I was like, I think it's time now. Yeah, I'm coming up into 10 years since I started the company. Um, it I've got a great team in place. Yeah. I really want to get, I mean, I, I knew once fingers crossed came out, I was like, all right, that was not like a one off, yeah, it's gonna where, where I'm like gonna like kind of go back into that career for a minute and then not go back. Like I'm not finished. Right. And, um, like if anything that just lit the fuse on like, okay, that was the beginning of the fingers crossed to me felt like the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. Like now that I've got that cleared out of my throat. Now I really feel like I've got some things to say. Yeah. Like I want to apply the way that I, the fill the, the way I look at the world to the world as I see it now, which is really different than the world that I observed for, you know, the the previous 12 years of my solo career mm-hmm. you know i mean so i really want to take a hard look at some things yeah. and start to describe those things now so so that's where i was like okay i just think it's time yeah that's and so uh so yeah march march was my last march 1st was my last day and it was so strange wow. I mean, it's, it's been such a big part of my life for so long yeah. and uh really and it was such a positive experience up and down you know it really was and uh so yeah and and uh so now I'm like running hard at a new record and, mm. and just doing a lot of other work that I really enjoy just while I'm in town, working with friends on projects and stuff and yeah um, getting to hang out with you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. Thank you. Here in beautiful San
0: Diego. Right on. Hanging out on a podcast called Heathen, so thanks. for, yes. <laughs> for that. Too. It, that sounds like the only kind
2: of podcast I'm qualified to be on nowadays.
0: <laughs> it's it's working out great. What's Chris? So now,
2: so, since we have already talked about how I'm a professional talker, I know right? that I'm not even sure that was your first question. It, it, <laughs> and I just talked for like 20 minutes. <laughs> no, it's
0: fantastic because what I do actually is always I always ask uh, the person to kind of introduce themselves. Oh, okay. because because I don't want to, you know.
2: Well, there's probably an introduction there somewhere. Yeah, I think I'm a musician. I think there's some really good stuff. Yeah, so. I'm a musician. It's all I've ever done in my professional life. <laughs> Since I was nineteen, except for talking, except for I've always been a talker. <laughs> um, but started off in this in a in a band, Cadman's Call. We yeah. were Texas-based, kind of a college band that got signed to Warner Brothers, pigeonholed into Christian music. That's how that fuse got lit. I really like how you described that lately, because yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 we and uh, but that was such a great experience. That was basically my college experience. I yeah. did I mean, I barely yeah. got out of high school, so I, you know. But Cadman's was kind of my college years. Mm-hmm. I kind of think about it. The sweet as a dog who's here with yeah, us. Oh. Jade, Jade's gonna annoy us for a second. No, not at all. <laughs> um and but it lasted 10 years. I was in that band for 10 years. Yeah. And then early that was like early 90s, and then and then early two thousand started my solo career. Have always played music, have had some detours into the business world. Mm-hmm. Um start have started a few companies, sold one and and just still doing all of it. Yeah. That's that, there's my there's my intro, if I left any of that out of that's, my 20-minute rant before. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. I was a super fan,
0: Cavens Call super fan. Were you really? Oh, for sure.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. You don't seem old enough um, to be a, have been a Cavens oh,
0: Cavens I, call super fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely old enough. We're not that far apart. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm 30, man. 30, I think, yeah, I turned 36 this year. Okay. I so like that, I think. I'll I turn, turn...
2: 44 <laughs> next
0: month. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. I thought you were 41 for some reason. I wish. Something you said last time. We're out right? to God's yeah. ears. <laughs> but, um... um that's no, crazy. Yeah. That's oh, crazy. I, loved it. I, I, I don't ever presume just... anybody knows anything about Cademans anymore. Well, it was funny. so long ago. It's funny because to me, it was like Cademans was probably, I mean, I don't know. Like there was DC talk, and then there was like Cademans. Oh, me. Like, like, that's no, very kind. I'm not even joking. Like it was like that. It but, didn't feel
2: like that to us at that time. But well,
0: you're right. Nowadays, when I talk about, about it, especially even with people who have like grew up in church, they're like, Yeah, I think I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, come on! Like, (laughs) oh man, no, that's so. so,
2: That's and and yeah, yeah. I mean, we we. I mean, we had a great run. We we we, um. And and, but bands like I mean you know DC Talk and Kevin Max is actually a super good pal of mine. Hey Kevin, if you're listening, Uh, but (laughs) he's super great dude. Like great, but um, like when we reminisce about our years in Christian music, his his reminiscing is nothing like (laughs) mine. He's like, yeah. Back when you know, like, because you know, or like the Jars guys, who were good pals of mine yeah. too, you know, and uh, and we were on a label together for a long time, yeah. and you know, they, when when they talk about that time that they spent that summer opening for Sting, and I'm like, <laughs> huh. right, I don't have that story. <laughs> I've, I've got this story about the time that we played the two years in a row that we played the Heaven and hell Night at the l a House of blues Ooh. where we were the the headliner for the heaven portion <laughs> and uh King Diamond was the headliner for the hell portion oh my God, but we still amazing. hung out with a max stage which was pretty cool that is fantastic uh anyway that that's the extent of my story, So yeah. I feel like that
0: I, I went to school in uh
2: Bristol Tennessee
0: oh and, no uh, way uh, King College oh, yeah, yeah totally yeah, anybody, Bristol yeah Bristol okay. No <laughs> Mo, uh, bristol motor speedway mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I yeah i'm gonna so bring it up in case it was an emotional trigger for you it's totally not okay i i, I, I got out of town on those weekends because <laughs> right. they were nightmare weekends. <sighs> right but um yeah no, no it's anyway. i saw you so many times that's uh, crazy when you guys would come through tennessee back then but um, wow yeah and then as as a solo artist artist i followed you as well um i i kind of so one of my things is i'm like loyal to a fault even when i'm mm. not really engaged so like I kind of, there was a minute after, I think it was after Mockingbird where like I was totally still buying your albums, but just not
2: listening. Yeah. And then, um, I've, I've, I've taken some weird twists and turns too, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. Bo- both content and style. Exactly. So it's yeah. like, so some of there's the style... no way it, it, if, if, if somebody <laughs> literally came in at my first solo record and has been 100% pedal all the way down yeah. with me until now, yeah that is a psychopath <laughs> because <laughs> a very broad. Range. B- because, do you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, I'm not even hundred percent with all that yeah. and I'm me. Like
1: I'm the one who did it
2: all. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't imagine anybody has been all the way with me the whole time. Well, but what, so that's perfectly understandable. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, um, what,
0: what hooked me back in was absent minded, absent mindedly listening to uh, Stockholm syndrome syndrome when yeah. it came out. And you just uh, caught it somewhere. I mean, I'm sure I bought it. Are you because bought it? That's okay. just what I do. Like I said, I'm. Yeah. Oh, this is one of my favorite completist. artists. I'm going to buy the I'm album. The same way.
2: Exactly. Completist. I'm yeah. Completest. Totally. There's way. some bands that I own all their records, yeah. but whether I or not I, I haven't kn- listened, I don't love all of them. <laughs> exactly. But I still yeah. buy them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that so that record definitely be- probably became my favorite. Oh. But it was the line, um, uh, "My ears just totally like perked up. Um, I can tell what's in your heart by what comes out of your mouth." if I can tell what's in your heart by what comes out of your mouth, then it sure looks to me like being straight is what it's all about. And I'm like, what? Right. Because I, I mean, I'm queer. Yeah. If, if that hasn't come across yet. Yeah. But, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially at that point in my life, I was just so starved for any kind of mm. anybody talking about sexuality Absolutely. in my sphere, in my little Christian evangelical world. And right. it just was, you know,
2: we didn't. And at that time, when That record, when you were hearing that, were you still where were you in your relation to a faith community? Where yeah. were you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Kind of wh- how, wh- what, yeah, what stage were you in? Well, I, I so I, I moved to have to Remember year that, year that I also too. host a podcast talking I about know, this, right? yeah. I know, so I'm so stop me if I start asking you too <laughs> no, many it's questions. Fantastic. I'm just
0: so I just want to hear, I just I want to I I know the story. I love your podcast too, and I actually feel like lucky because i'm kind of i feel like i'm bypassing it and getting to spend no, no, more no. than the 10 minutes but, which but is great. So,
2: so so where but you know what i mean like kind of yeah, yeah. where where were you at about? well actually so if i can i'd love to tell mm. you a
0: story mm. um however you want to do this is yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. That, that will get us absolutely get us there just to lay because you have walked into a total stranger's house which i really nah. appreciate you doing yeah Thank of you. Course. <laughs> but just to like to give us a little bit of yeah. like groundwork <clears> and uh you know whatever common common language um and, and the other thing that I – one of the things I've loved that you've been saying lately is how you've been able to discern and define, like, where you end and other people begin. Yeah. So that you, you don't bear the weight or the responsibility. I learned that with, in therapy. For, right? Yeah. So important. That's right. Uh, and that's kind of freed me, actually, to tell you the story. Yes. I did make some pretty interesting life decisions. Yes. But um, – so I have just, like, two or three experiences, spiritual – what I, what I would call spiritual experiences in my life where I just – especially at the time – uh, they were the thing that kept me going and connected to oh. like, like magic moments, you know, yeah, like absolutely. where I felt like voice of God kind of stuff. Yes. So this, this, it was one of those. And, um, and it's, it's a thing I don't even know how to talk about now anymore, mm. but I've told part of the story on this podcast before. Um, but there's a point where you actually come into oh, okay. it and, and I haven't told that part. So that's what I wanted to do. So uh, it's 2005, I think. I have just moved to Reno and I'm on staff at a church there. Um, at that time I'm talking about my sexuality in terms of like I struggle with same-sex attraction. Like that's okay. the language I use. Right. But actually, not even talking about it. I just there were a couple pastors on staff who knew it and that was it. Yeah. Um, because I I felt obligated if I'm gonna be getting a paycheck from this yeah. institution, I better, yeah. you know, be honest about my spiritual struggles. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing in and of itself. Uh. But so I take a road trip up to the Pacific Northwest. It was my first time in that part of the country, fell in love with it, just had an absolutely mm. awesome time. I'm by myself, so I'm on, I'm on my way back. And in Northern California, driving, listening to music, happy as a clam, and all of a sudden this wave of emotion hits me. And I don't know where it's coming from or why, but I'm, I, I end up doing the kind of convulsive Body shaking, weeping, guttural that makes yeah. it really unsafe to drive. So I pull, I pull over, um, I'm on some mountain road, curvy, windy mountain road, pull over, and you know, oh. just try to start processing these emotions. And especially at that point in my life, like prayer was a thing I did absolutely. And so, um, started started doing that, like just yeah. crying out literally, yeah, hey, God, like, what is it? What's happening? What's, yeah. what's going on to me with me right now? And this, the, this is the thing I don't know how to talk about, but I, I heard something, you know, I heard wow. a voice and it's, it, it, in the moment I absolutely would have told you, I physically heard the voice. Yeah. Of course now in retrospect, yeah. I, I don't know how to talk about it, but I heard a voice and it said, get out of the car. Yeah. Like, okay. I still, I stepped out, um, and immediately hear a Creek, like a, you know, mountain stream water running somewhere off, off to the, the side of the road. And I, so I stand there for a minute. I'm like, okay, well, what now? And, and I actually said that out loud. What, what do I do now? Yeah. And the voice said, go to the water. So I'm like, okay, that's easy enough to do. I do the short hike over to the, where this Creek is and um, it's like springtime. So, you know, snow melt, it's pretty, it's a pretty full Creek and stand there for a hot second uh, and nothing until I say out loud, okay, what's the next step here? <laughs> and the voice says, get in the water. I'm
2: like, come oh, on! like,
0: this is going to be very painful. It's cold water. <laughs> so I take off my, my shoes and socks and roll Good up my for you pants doing this though. Right. Like going
2: like leaning all the way into this moment. Following, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Basically. Uh, I get in, uh, I get in the, creek. Yeah. it's painful as fuck. Uh, pins and needles. I stand there as long as I possibly can. And then, the emotion like totally just hits again. And I, I just basically throw myself out of the creek and I'm kind of fetal position in the mud on the <laughs> mountain mountain road in Northern California bawling. And I don't know why. So let, I let all of that out and I finally, um, you know, again, I'm waiting for some kind of thing to tell me what this was. And it's mm-hmm. not until I ask it out loud again and say, what was that? Uh, that the voice responded, um, I was washing your feet. So, you know, four sentences I got from this disembodied voice in Northern California. And um, of course I immediately went to uh, the Bible and and went and the passage where Jesus washes his disciples feet and read that. And it's, you know, it ends with a commission. It's like, go and do the same. Hmm. That's, that's how that story ended. And, I mean, that, 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 was my, at that time in my life, it was my, you know, Silas on the road to Damascus moment. Sure. It was, I've been commissioned. Like there's a thing here wow, I have to do. Yeah. And it's, it's washing feet, however, whatever that means to yes. me in this moment. Right. Um, so that's where I ended the story before when I
2: told it. Which, which essentially just means like being willing to humiliate yourself for the care of yeah. others. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I like that humiliation because it, but, but you know I mean? it was definitely
0: there because because yeah, yeah.
2: you know like the uh, my, my understanding of the context of like when you know jesus would wash feet it wasn't like this lovely little basin of water with like a, a you know a, a piece of linen oh, i yeah. mean like people wore sandals yeah like you know so like feet were and not daily nasty you know <laughs> yeah so like to wash somebody's feet was re- pretty humiliating yeah, you totally. know and i mean it was it was gross and yeah. it was like you know, so it's like being willing to do, to do that mm. for the benefit of somebody else. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of the, the picture of what that was, which mm-hmm. is really a beautiful thing regardless. Totally. It's a beautiful picture. Regardless of matter. where it's coming no from. No matter. Which yeah. is a, a thing you said last night so, at the yeah. show that I really appreciated too. Yeah. Talking about no matter where you're coming from, like this is the thing we have to do. Yeah. It's, it's Whether you're motivated other. by the kingdom coming or the kingdom not coming. Yeah. either e- Either bring things in line with the kingdom that you believe is coming or do it because there's no one showing up. Yeah. And if we don't do it, who will? Yeah. I don't care why you're motivated, but we have to yeah. take care of our neighbors. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. I'm, but 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 I'm derailing your story. No, it's totally so fine. So all that so, happened, you were so commissioned. So all that happened, I read the, the passage,
0: I'm like, yeah. And then I'm, you went forth, I'm commissioned. so to speak. Well, I went forth. What I did was I went back in the car and I turned it back on and I said I had been listening to music. So there's a CD spinning and the first lyric that comes back at me. The, the next thing I hear after hearing the voice of God is your voice singing, uh, when... <laughs> Hey, Jade, it's cool. It's just the mailman <laughs> um, uh, singing to me uh, when you hear the sound of the water.
2: <laughs> come on, Jade, you're killing my moment. No, what's, what's funny is that <laughs> then the next thing I hear is the voice of this animal <laughs> who begins to speak. <laughs> that would be amazing.
0: Um, when when yeah. you hear the sound of the water, you'll know you're not alone. Wow. And it's your, you know, your song the church, "The church" obviously yeah. from your first solo record, and I mean, I like, if I world. needed any more in that moment, again, where my mind and my heart was at that moment, if I needed any more confirmation, it, it was wild. It was that, you know. Yeah. So I and if the chorus of that is even more in 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 that context specific. Yeah. You know, if you if you love me, you must love the church. Yeah. And yeah. so I just I just felt like super super specifically called in that absolutely way. absolutely how i mean how else could you yeah respond to that it's so that unbelievable I mean, yeah ex- an experience like that especially when you when you grow up being taught and told that i mean this is kind of par for the course for god like mm-hmm. he's got a bit of a track record for speaking to people through these kinds of natural like huh. uh, experiences um I, I mean i felt really like special Yes, I felt really special in that moment. Good, Yes. and um, and, and so, yeah, an incident like that can really carry you a long. Oh way. my God! I mean, we're still talking about it. We're still talking about it, and um, so even when you're wow. you're you, you know your heart isn't lining up with what the church is about, and then when you start really acknowledging like your own doubts about God and Jesus and your actual salvation itself, yes, it's so easy to still like suppress and just push that stuff aside because i'm like but i had that freaking moment on the mountain like what do i do with that yeah so um and what do you do with it well (laughs) now i do a podcast called heathen uh yeah no but i what i do love about re-engaging with that story which i've done in the past year because i did just ultimately kind of shove it aside and say i don't know what the fuck that was yeah yeah it's part of my story but now it is like kind of a full circle like there's a way for me to wash feet. It oh. doesn't have to be tied to the voice of a Yahweh. Oh,
1: I can't deny anything It's written down in ink But oh, eventually is bound to be A Jew the devil you know calling the ass for one more chance to break your heart
2: and I've been reading I've been reading like um Dawkins and I've been reading yeah. like you know and Harris and all the all those dudes but I mean I and it, but even before I started to like study any of it and try to get a a bigger context around um like non-religious morality mm-hmm. and things like that like I was already finding it just naturally as just a, an adaptation in my own life I was already seeing it that like I like I have a, a, a I think there is much better foundation and and Reason for morality apart from God, mm-hmm. then there and motivation for than there even is with. I mean, I I, yeah. I I am I am a much more stably moral person now than I ever was during my thirty years of faith, and um and, and I think that that it's just interesting how so many people's so many people have like this. There's like it's a real argument actually. That like, but if not for religion, we would just all eat each other. Like there's all these, there's yeah. all these arguments from uh, wh- like when I watched, um, <clears throat> I watched this great documentary on YouTube. I found, I found it between, I forget, it, it, it was like a, a, a pastor and um, the, uh, what, what's the guy's name who wrote uh, God's Not Great. Uh, um, could have told you if you hadn't asked. Me. Oh my God. I did this yesterday. I blanked on his name yesterday. Love, go- I love him. While you're, while you're I talking. love him. Anyway. Um and I was wa- and it was one of like the 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 main watch me think of it before you find it. it. Right. Hitchens. Hitchens, course, Chris yeah. Hitchens. So it was between Hitchens and uh Wilson, is that the guy's last name? But it, it was really good and they they were they they actually were like friends oh, I think and I they this. they traveled, they wrote a book together and they traveled around and did public debates. It was really great and mm. they were very you know but one of the arguments is always, but if we don't have this morality rooted in, in God, in mm-hmm. God's character, then we would just, I mean, what reason would everybody have not to just fucking kill each other all yeah. the time? And if you think about that for a second, it's like, wait a second. So are you telling me that the only reason that you don't fucking kill everybody is because you think that God is, I mean... So you're telling me you don't have, like, I mean, like if you think about that for a second, it sounds for a minute, for a second, it sounds like maybe that could be an argument. Yeah. But then you think about that for a second and it's like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Like, you think we have no reason other than the fact that, that God has these, this character and these morals and this grid that we're supposed to, you think that, I mean, what kind of. Like what, what strange low opinion of humanity do yeah. you have that you think that that is literally the only reason? Like, I, I mean, and f- cause for me, like what I have replaced that with, yeah. and that's, that's the job. That's the reconstruction is like replacing. And that's actually my, the, the record I'm working on now it, it, that's what the whole record is about. It's called targets and I'm working on it right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that, that's mostly what it's about is like, what do I do now with my, uh my disappointment who am i disappointed in yeah my anger my joy my gratefulness i'm overwhelmed who do i thank
1: Mm. my
2: my my anticipation my hope for the future my what do i do with all that now where do i where where do i literally replace those targets where am i putting them on now interesting and and it's like it and and i mean i and when for for in terms of the morality thing now, like ever since I kind of detached from my morality being anchored to this external idea of God and his character and what he wants and the way things are supposed to work, what I pretty quickly naturally uh what my body just naturally replaced that with was like intuition health responsibility, so it's like um so for me, it's like what what are healthy choices mm. that are respectful of the people yeah. around me and yeah. are like, you know, like line of sight to the man that I wish to be in the world that I wish to live yes. in. And like where it went from external to internal. And I was like, I, how do I take responsibility for the way I behave? And what is healthy for me? And I just realize a lot of things that were just not healthy for me in my life it mm-hmm. had nothing to do with it being right or wrong yeah i just realized oh man these things are not healthy it's not good for me it's yeah. not good for me i don't like i don't like Like, and i and i just started to kind of reason with all that and i was like oh my god i just lost my taste for so many bad things because i just realized they're not good things and they're not healthy and and i and i and i want to take responsibility for my actions my behaviors and it's before i was anchoring all that to This expectation of God's response to me or my obligation to be an advertisement for whatever, whatever it is, however that plays out for you, you know, for whoever um, in terms of how they relate to God and morality of religion, for me, it didn't take any time. Yeah. And and things that I like struggled with for many years, all of a sudden were not even a struggle anymore. I was like, these things are just not going to be part of my life anymore because they're not healthy. And it's like, so it's just crazy how those things start to, you know, like it, there's so much better reasons and more sustainable and more for me anyway. Yeah. Um, Same. you know, I mean, and anyway, yeah. The, I mean, the,
0: the, the shame that, that is associated with, um, because it's, you, when you're, when you fail at at your, right. at, your standards, um, right. it's attached to a God or a, you know, right. a, a person who died for you. Um, man, like the shame that, that spiral doesn't take you anywhere except
1: exactly
2: right. down and, and and partially because that's all external
1: mm-hmm.
2: like that that's all mm-hmm. anchored to external yeah. things yeah whereas when it's anchored to internal things you can say you know what like i can do whatever i mean i i can do whatever yeah. i want but i will have to take responsibility yep. for those things yeah i will have to deal with the consequences of those things and so i need to be reason re, reasonable and reasoned in the choices that i'm making about mm-hmm. my life and about my morality and about mm-hmm. my behavior and i need to really think those things through and be and think critically and 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 be serious about mm-hmm. that and and whereas before it's like well what's the bible say i mean right. it's like it's a little and, and i and we've talked about this on um on the on our podcast and and really i gleaned it from dave bazan on a podcast he did mm-hmm. i think with with uh with uh, on, on the ex-evangelical podcast. But that was a great episode. but um where he talked about how the church taught him to distrust his body.
0: Yeah.
2: And it but because the whole thing is lean not on your own understanding. So the whole thing the heart all the is time.
0: Above all things. That's right. And yeah. so
2: grown ass adults are basically have no that's why they're all saying, but if we abandoned the idea of morality anchored on the bible then we would just fucking eat each other and how and awful it, and is
0: it to fear that in yourself that's right to walk around with thinking, you do what that, you're capable of exactly. like i could
2: do i, I might murder somebody tomorrow yeah. if i stop believing it's yeah. like no you wouldn't because your body knows what to do like <laughs> yes. listen to your body like reconnect with the voice in your body yeah. learn how to trust that again and what's interesting is most people don't realize that they are very well acquainted with the voice of their mm. body They have just been calling it by the wrong name for a long time. Yeah. You know, like your intuition, your gut. I mean, because I I had moments like you're talking about where I would receive what I felt like, not audibly, but I would receive like a strong conviction or a word or a, or a, I would get coordinates that I, I, that I was like, this is a path for me. And I, I have a very strong feeling and it would be like, okay, this is it. And I'm getting momentum and it's like, this, I think this is the right thing. And what I realized is like, and so what I'm not saying is that I'm certain that wasn't the voice of God. Yeah. That I'm certain that, that that there's not God out there talking right. to me. I don't know that. Yeah. Who the fuck knows that? I don't. And I'm not going to say that I do. Mm-hmm. But what I'm I'm tired of the presumption. I'm tired of the burden of proof being on non-believers though. Right. I'm ti- I'm that I'm tired of. Yeah. Like like people claiming miracle-based faith should be willing to come and present evidence for that like everybody else. But the presumption is that it's true. Yes. And that it's real. Yeah. And that's Western culture, and that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, and that's weird to me. And maybe I'm just reading a lot of Dawkins right now. But anyway, <laughs> um, but the point being, for me, I was like, no. I mean, so it could it could be that. But you know what it could also be? is like the voice of my intuition. Like, yes. I've got a strong gut. Yes. And you may tell you why I'm suspicious that that's true. Because there has literally not been a bump in the road in the last five years since I stopped calling out the Holy Spirit and started calling it the voice of my body and yeah. my intuition, which I learned from my great pal Jamie Lee Finch, who is one of my heroes and best friends and is one of our co-producers on on uh, Airing of Grief. But like she talks a ton about this. She does yeah. a ton of work with people to help them reconnect these these conduits, you yeah. know, and and not even to reconnect, just to re, just to rename all the pipes because you don't even realize that's what you're doing. Like, it feels exactly the same to me.
0: Yeah.
2: The coordinates that I receive about what I need to do next, and then the strong confirmations that I get about that being the right thing, 100% in operation right now. Yes. So it's like, it didn't go anywhere. No. And so either it's all true, or it never was. Either way, materially, my life, my internal life, and my spiritual, if you want to call it, life, Mm -hmm. feels exactly the same. I'm so with you. Do you me. know what I mean? I and absolutely so, know
0: what you mean. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm obsessed with intuition so, so, right now. Yeah. And, and so you have
2: like a new context to be able to look at moments like that and yeah. say, maybe that was my body, mm-hmm. like telling me this is important. Like you need to stop right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so, and I'm also not going to, I'm not trying to like be dismissive of anyone's experiences, but like, I'm also not sure. And I don't think it diminishes it at all. I think if anything, it probably elevates it, but I don't know that, I don't know that all of what people think of as their spirituality and their spiritual experience in their lives couldn't be purely neurological. Yeah, And I don't know that that would diminish it at all, actually. Right, why? If it's like very meaningful moments where your body is screaming out to you that something is important to do something. Yeah. And if that's even all that was, we're still talking about it. Why is that And it any still less... shaped your life exactly. in extremely meaningful ways. Exactly.
1: Because something deep down in my heart Just didn't pan out. Guess it's just another heart I broke. a dream I woke
0: up. I hated yoga for years, um, and then in the past two months, six weeks, two months. I don't know, just some switch has flipped. Really? Um, Yeah, I went, my boyfriend. I've never been into it. My boyfriend loves it. That's what I need. Literally, it would be. I need a boyfriend who loves it. (laughs) You you do. Yeah. it's helpful, believe me. But I really, um, what
2: well, you know, like it, because I've never done yoga before. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure that I, I would I, love. I it. had
0: I had done it, and I mm-hmm. and it was it would be 60 minutes of me being furious because my <laughs> body is not. I don't. There are literally you know half of the poses I just physically can't do. Right. I haven't engaged my body in those ways. Right. So it would just be an hour. Is of that leaping. part of
2: the point though? Also to kind of put yourself. It's almost like what the what the the law was to grace in the Bible. Yeah. Like it's not meant for you to be able to contort all the way in that way. It's for the attempt yeah. and the way it feels. Yeah, exactly. Uh, totally. Right?
0: It's, it's totally. I mean, that's one of the things I've absolutely been learning since, I think, I think part of it was just the stuff I was trying was like the P90X and the um, oh. like core power, which it's all in the those name, right? Sound, core power. Those sound like machines you strap Man, to. Now I go that to a place hardcore. called Pilgrimage of the Heart. Oh,
1: that sounds so much better, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so it's all about the woo-woo spiritual journey of it, and that's been my path in. And now, like, I can't, I, can't, I almost can't start a class without, like, the first pose without, like, this emotion like something coming up it's very good immediately it's very very good it's good and um yeah so i mean that's
2: like your your, that's your whole body being
0: engaged absolutely your emotions and your your mind spirit mind that's exactly right man um and yeah it's 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 being okay with that conduit and calling it what it really
2: is yeah or at least what we're suspicious that it is now for now you know like for now you're right i mean i i don't you know i'm I I, i I'm I'm just to the point where I feel like certainty about things that are unprovable and unkind of knowable. I'm not trying to be like agnostic about that, mm-hmm. but like things that we just don't know, things that you just can't, you know, prove to 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 muster up certainty about those things. I think can be dangerous at worst, or um, uh, like developmentally arresting mm-hmm. <laughs> at least, and I think that's not great. Like we need to hold those things pretty loosely, yeah. and we need to and it's the thing that I, I always used to say was was the thing that bugged me the most about Christians, although I and myself at that at that time um, but um and I don't really see any way around it uh knowing knowing uh, uh, you know christian evangelical, evangelical Christian doctrine the way that I do um but like Christians' inability and not just Christians, I'm not trying to pick on Christians. It's just that's just a group that I know pretty well. Yeah. I think it's everybody. I really do. But um but our inability to stay in a posture of coming into new information is a really terrible habit. Yeah. And it's like where we get so rooted and married to particular language or particular practices or particular truths or whatever that we can't hear anyone else's stories and mm. we can't hear anyone else's evidences for their stories and how they feel and how they've experienced things that we've even if they're almost the same experiences but we're calling them different things. Yeah. We we don't have any real estate on which to stand together in, in because we're so like doggedly rooted in that one thing for us. And I think that especially for Christians there's just a the the threshold of where the non-negotiable line is, is very high. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things. It's like, it's like, yeah, we can debate on these things. Yeah. And some of these things could be some gray area, but boy, anything here or below. Yeah. This foundational shit, you can't.
0: Don't mess with it. Like, I, I,
2: I'm not even gonna, it's not even a, a question yeah. that I'm not even gonna ask. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, there. there, there is a, uh, you know, and, and for me, I can just tell you that um, you can't examine the roots of something Without pulling it out of the ground, unfortunately, mm-hmm. without risking killing it. Mm-hmm. But if the roots are real and they're there, you pull it out, you can see that you can put that shit back in the ground and it reroots. I mean, it, you know, it, yes. it it lives. Yeah. But if you pull it out of the ground and there there is no roots or they're dead or wouldn't you want to know that? Yeah. And it's so it's like and that's kind of what deconstruction is. Yeah. It's pulling a thing up out of the ground to see the roots. Now that's that's terrifying because you are going to detach yourself from your certainty. You're going to t- detach yourself from uh from from you know those non-negotiables and those things that you're telling yourself you would never question. Yeah. You need to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm and I'm not trying to persuade people out of belief. I'm super down with people who believe anything, and and if that, I mean, I I really truly am. I've even on our podcast talked people back into Christianity (laughs) because I was like, "You're not being critical enough about this. Uh, Like, you're throwing God out when your only problem is with the institution of the church or the congregation of the church. Those are three completely separate things. Very
0: different.
2: So let's let's break them down critically, and I think you need to stick it out. I mean, you know, if that's if that's my gut with Mm -hmm. somebody, I'm not trying to talk anybody out of anything or into anything. But what I'm saying is, it requires, and the stakes are too high not to yep. pull whatever you're believing up out of the ground. Pull your atheism up out of the ground, for yeah. God's sake. Examine the roots. Yeah. If it's real, put it back in the ground. But do that every so often. Mm-hmm. A, you know, a, a plant that's alive can survive that. You know, but a Absolutely. plant that's not, that's faking up, that's faking above the ground, yeah. needs to get pulled up. Yeah. You know,
0: um, if you believe. That. In the God that you say you believe in. That God can handle it. Come on. That's what they say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so take a peek. So so pull that shit out of the ground and look at the roots. There's no way to do it without risking killing it. That's just that's just there is just no there is no way.
1: Yeah. Something even we can't
0: tear apart as I've looked at the notes I've made to chat with you, everything ended up really centering around church actually and around yeah. the institution, not not just church but just like the organization of Christianity, yeah. I guess, so like i I've really enjoyed hearing you talk about your experience in in that uh well even how you how you said like Cayman's call kind of got pigeonholed as a christian band (laughs) yeah um
2: which was really like what's funny about that is it wasn't like a um a a spiritual discernment it wasn't like a it was because we were signing a record deal with warner brothers Mm -hmm. an imprint in nashville that was a that was a christian music imprint Mm -hmm. christian music being the only genre of music to my knowledge whose marketing is anchored to a worldview and a belief, name another. <laughs> yeah. Muslim m- music business, uh, yeah, Hindu music business. Right. I mean, there is no the, other. Re, reggae is pretty connected to some...
0: <laughs> it, it is, it is, but it's... <laughs> some but, very spiritual moments. But, but, but <laughs> it's more connected
2: to its sound. Unfortunately, Christian music probably is too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, so it's like... but And, and we were... And we were all kind of young Christians. I mean, most of us anyway. Yeah. And it's like, and they were like, oh, okay, well, that's... They're, this they're, is where fit. And they were looking to put us somewhere that would make sense from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. So that is where that's, you know, so that's kind of how that wound up. And yeah. that wasn't a thing that we were like, we'd resisted that a lot because we'd been touring a lot. I mean, we'd put two records out before we signed our, our mm-hmm. that record deal. And we'd been touring colleges all over. And we, you know, we, we, we played at Harvard every year, at least hmm. twice a year. We'd play in the quad, and we'd do a big show outside, and we would always tell them, "Do not put Christian band on the fucking flyer, because yeah. if you do, no one's gonna come." Yeah. And and we and so they wouldn't, and all the houses would empty out into the quad when we'd start playing. Yeah. And we'd have a party; would be it was a blast, That's and we crazy. just we were just a like a seven piece folk band, and mm-hmm. we just played, and we handed records out, and people would come back, and had nothing to do with any of that. And if people intuited that about what we were doing, cool. Mm. And if they didn't pick up on the code language and it, it, they didn't care, cool. They just dug the music. That's like the trajectory we were on. But then we wound up getting signed to the deal and getting marketed that way. And unfortunately, that worked really well, um, you know. And we wound up by, by everybody. You know, it was just a shock to everybody that we actually wound up with songs in the radio and stuff. They told us that was not going to happen because we were not what we were doing was not what was happening on the radio at that time. Mm. But we had an absolute genius radio promotions guy at the label still a great pal of mine chris hauser legend in the business and uh he literally got us like four or five number ones off our first record i mean that's and that's what established as a, as a radio band yeah and then as like a festival circuit band and then oh, as a christian okay. and then as a church circuit band mm. so it pulled us out of the colleges pulled us out of the and um because the audience got too big you know and and so we were like kind of following that a little bit mm-hmm. and we were really young and so we didn't yeah. you know we didn't you know, I don't. I don't know that we would have done it different. But it, like, if we'd been ten years older, we might have fought to be like, "That's cool. That's cool that those people dig it." But we're gonna stay on the college circuit, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna stay. You know, I don't. I don't know what we what we could have done. But I mean, you know, and you change anything a tenth of a degree, and you're two thousand miles off course. Late, you know, later down the line, totally. and I, and and I wouldn't. We wouldn't be here maybe. But um, so that's just our story. But it's like, yeah. That, so that's how that happened. That's how we got into it. But we were never interested in being like in christian music yeah. we just wanted to be a we just wanted to be a cool we wanted to be the indigo guys you know like we wanted to be like a cool <laughs> you know like I, that. I mean like everybody we looked up to yeah. in terms of the music we were making were not christian artists no no, no yeah. I mean, other than the fact that we were all obsessed with you Lead covered, Me On. like sean colvin right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god yeah. yeah but you know like i mean I yeah so um so it's crazy that that you know was yeah. like where we
0: yeah but you you've always well i don't know about always but it seems like you've had really good boundaries about I love how you describe your job. I look at the world and, and describe I, it and describe it. Yeah.
2: Um, I'd say that's any artist's job.
0: Yeah. Christian or not. But my, so my battle with that has been, I mean, I, I I've felt so compelled because of the worlds I've been into, to have the mess you know, a very specific message to have um, to not your job doesn't end at the stage. Actually. That's, that's, that's how I grew up in it. Right. You're, you, you're a witness you're a, you have a testimony you have like this whole thing that happens after you finish playing your songs that you still have to live up to you still have to connect with people on a uh some some level where you're feeding into them still um. And the, that was also fed by the fact that I was on church staffs for a very mm-hmm. long period of time too, which kind of sounds like a thing you were saddled and
2: burdened with oh, hugely. I mean, you know what I mean? Because that's yeah. really not no ultimately
0: the responsibility of an artist. It's it's like a tendency I still have to fight. But, but it
2: is the responsibility of a vocational minister. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So if how... anything, the 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 actual <laughs> execution part where you're on stage and the yeah. records, that's the Trojan horse
0: yeah.
2: for the thing. The content in the Trojan horse yeah. is. Uh, you know, all the other things you're describing Mm -hmm. that come Mm -hmm. after. And ultimately the, 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 end goal is to make converts. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised at how long you were
0: actually able to, um, how long a lot of Christendom still embraced you, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Me too, actually. Yeah. Right. Because uh, once
2: I got into my solo career, I was like, it I, I really and there were definitely people that
0: fell off along the way. Obviously, oh yes, but there was but for a while you still had. A really I was good...
2: very surprised yeah. how long. Yes, like the Christ, Christian music culture mm-hmm. tolerated me, yeah. and, and 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 I'm not trying to be having delusions of grandeur. It's not like I was a tenth of six, as successful as my previous ba- as my old band had been. Right, right, right. I mean, my I've continued to like find your niche yeah i mean i i am falling deeper and deeper into <laughs> niches as i go like i'm very deep I'm, I'm like 10 in at this i'm like a niche, niche 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 i'm way down there now it's a pretty fucking cool niche it's yeah right? like, it, i mean I, i'm happy <laughs> i'm super happy but like um but uh so i wasn't like like any kind of a huge success in christian music as a solo artist but i but i did have my area and i had my my voice in it mm-hmm. that i do think was unique and i what i tried to kind of focus on and um and it was remarkable to me that they and, re, and really what i think what it what it came down to was the support of the label i was on mm-hmm. like that that's really the whole story yeah. i mean in terms of yeah. like it's not re- it's not a miracle it's because uh jeff mosley I N O records which are now fair trade records and a lot of my pals have been on that label or are currently on that label. He just is a guy of his word. And I came in there, like literally when I was like shopping around to sign my solo deal when I was coming out of Cademan's, I had my whole first record demoed up, acoustic demoed up, the whole record. And I was literally handing it. I was actually sending it to people before we even have our first meeting. Hmm. And I was like, just so you know, this is the record. Here we go. So this is what you're going to need to be able to get. You're going to have to get behind and support and yeah. make no apologies for. Like this is the content. Um, and if you're not down with this, let's not even have the meeting. And, and so, you know, Jeff got behind me early. He, you know, the first record got pulled off shelves in, in Christian bookstores, you know, like, I mean, it like was a scandal before it even came out. Mm. There were a, a whole run of, uh, a whole chain down in Texas and in the South, uh, Southeast that wouldn't carry the record because of language and content. Jeff fought them on it. And he ultimately said, great, don't carry it, yeah. you know, and, and, and like played real hardball with them and and it was it really meant a lot to me. And yeah. he he supported me. He supported me. I mean, you gotta think, you gotta remember, like, I was with them all the way up until I was wrong. Like every record I put out, Stockholm Syndrome, Mockingbird, Control, like that fucking crazy yeah. record, like all <laughs> those records. They put out and they supported me and they promoted inside yeah, of Christian that, music. That makes like, a
0: lot of sense. You know, then,
2: yeah. I mean, they—that's that, the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if not for that, no, I would have been, you know, uh, you know, hurling dust in the wilderness. You know, yeah. I mean, I, 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 no one would have been paying attention in mm. that in that world. But because of the support of that label, um, that's what kept me in it for so long. Yeah. And so it was really—I've always said, like the more remarkable part of that story. Is, is that record label and them sticking with me for so long. Because, hmm. I mean, you got to think, they also had Mercy Me during that entire time. <laughs> and they also had Sarah Groves during that entire time. And they yeah. also had, like, um, for part of it, they had P.O.D. and for part of it, they had... Some other bands, but like they mostly had very contemporary, yeah, very different than what I was doing kind of music. That's fascinating. And yet I, there I was, like you walk into the into the offices and there's I can only imagine big single that year and all that shit that was happening. And then here's like a picture of me. I mean that you know what I'm saying it was it was it was pretty cool yeah. to have that kind of support.
1: Loved you.
0: dealt with a lot, a lot of anger about about the church, about the you institution. You mean just of me myself personally? Yeah, you you personally. I mean that's this is, I'm asking this because I have. Yeah. I sure as hell have. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually um you were telling us and uh, one of the podcasts I was mm-hmm. listening to you on may have even been your own. But um yeah it was actually because you were you were talking with uh someone who called to tell you I think about or you were telling uh, anyway yeah the person I think was gay. Was a pastor, maybe.
2: Oh, I think I remember that call. Um, and and, and
0: and 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 was like, I'm here. I'm I'm here because I want to like prove to people
2: that. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. I'll right, never the- forget that call. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So so they can they can love somebody who's different from them. Oh, right? like that was that was the bottom line.
2: Yes. And no one. No, and I don't think the leadership or the congregation knew. Yeah. Nobody that, knows that, that, that he was both gay and no longer believing. Yeah. But and and mm. basically, he treated it like a reverse mission field. Yes, to prove to right. these people that they not only are able to love people that are radically different, but have been. Yeah, and are currently. Yeah, and he knew it was going to probably go down a blaze of glory, mm. but he was doing it anyway. And I mean, it's not
0: it's not an altogether uncommon story for right, right, for right. queer folk who grew up in the church. I mean, it's I, I there's a large period of my life where that was totally my outlook and perspective on it too. Yeah, and there's still pieces of it that I. I, I think are like just wanting to to take up the space so that nobody else can, you know, so that another voice can't come yeah. in and, and speak ill of You're totally right. Yeah, like like there's I'd rather be here
2: than there be somebody yeah. in here who's gonna reinforce things for yeah. these people that are completely mm-hmm. hateful towards yeah. me and my community. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I I was actually really inspired by a, it. there was a, a, a so I do have a church here in San Diego that is Oh great. Like what you would call that unicorn. I mean it's a place where when I uh got up to give my you know we call them faith formation stories it was yeah. your testimony yeah, back in sure. the day when I gave mine like mine was I'm no, I'm not a christian I I lead music at this church I like best friends with uh the pastors like it's it's a really big part of my life but I was super nervous to actually get up and like say in front of everybody like hey here's here's the deal like I don't actually like believe in wow. uh, you know my salvation doesn't come from this um so and 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 you know applause and hugs at the end like it's that, that's remarkable it's, it's truly remarkable and truly rare God. and um and part of like why i haven't heard a lot about churches no like no no, no, that. no it's it's
2: yeah it's crazy like i
0: mean but the fact that they would
2: say like yes and you're welcome here yeah. and yes and, and you, we love you and we want yeah, you to not be here. just you're
0: welcome but like
2: participate fully like truly
0: yeah. be yourself you know the feeling and even lead it sounds like i mean you know oh, I, mean, yeah, totally, yeah. I mean you know totally. like yeah That's why I I, the church I started... Because it puts you in the community, for God's sake. Yeah. Is that
2: not the point?
0: Right? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And there's a group of people. um, uh, Well, there was a small group of of queer folk at this church that that I was in. And the question was raised, like, you know, how did you reconcile your faith and your sexuality? And I was the first to answer. I was like, well, I I didn't. I don't need to. I'm not a Christian. There's nothing to reconcile. You know, that was my, like, very uh, in your face. I understand that energy, though. Yeah, right? And then I, I sat there as we went around the room and, and every other person had some version of that, like, like I hear you, Matthew, but, um, you know, I, I don't want to abdicate my spot. Like, because there's other, there are other me's in this thing mm. who aren't speaking out, who aren't out yet, who, right, right. you know, like, they still have a lot of story to go through. Right. Um, and I just want to be, I want to be that beacon or that light for that person. And so there's something really, truly honorable and beautiful about uh. that. It also pisses me off. Uh, so much that, that we have this institution yeah. that compels people to have to make that choice. I, I know, dude. Um, I mean, yeah.
2: I, and I, and I feel like it's a conversation I've had with like a lot of my, my gay friends who don't, who grew up and I, and, and, and this was on a call or actually, no, it's on a call for our second season of bearing of grief, which is rolling out kind of yeah. week to week right now. Yeah. But uh, I I know because I heard it on the teaser for the for um, that just came out a few weeks ago for the second season. But so I know that that the call is going to get aired. But for somebody who basically like what happens is you grow up feeling as though you're like you're you're Bigfoot or something like that. You you can't possibly exist. You're like you're like a unicorn. Like 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 if I am both believing in this. Thing, this mm-hmm. God and Jesus and yeah. and, for, and on and on Him for my salvation and and I, and I and I'm so I sign off on that I'm down with that yeah but also I'm attracted to people of, the, of my same sex right. so it's like I am both in fact I am both as I stand before you and people would say but you can't be yeah you don't you exist. you can't be you don't exist there is no real estate upon which you can be anything that you can exist
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's like. But I hate to tell you, I do,
1: and <laughs> you—you so you, you, you have to reckon story. with
2: my physical existence in the world. Um, and that's <laughs> but, like, but put and, your hands in my scars, yeah, man. I'm here, kind like, of,
0: like, right? But it's
2: and it's but it's kind of crazy making. I would imagine growing up being told, like, trying to find, trying to squeeze your way between the buildings to kind of say, I have to find some way to exist. They're telling me I can't exist yeah. in the in the obvious way, in the way that I know that I do. Yeah. So I'm having to find some crazy fucking contorted way to live yeah. and exist here on their terms, yes. which makes no sense. And so it's no wonder you come out of that with PSD or something, yeah. you know. Like I mean, and and uh, and Jen Knapp, who's a great friend of mine, we talked <sighs> we talked a lot about this of her, and she was Love one of the first story. people who it was so refreshing the way that she would say, like, listen, I'm not here to, um. I'm not here to give you a theological explanation of my existence. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to explain how I can be this and also this. I'm not here to uh you know to explain myself or anything. I'm only here to say I am here mm. and I am both this and this fully and you have to reckon with me and that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not here to explain how it's possible. I mean, who am I to explain a miracle?
0: <laughs> right?
2: right? It's exactly. a miracle, apparently, yeah. that I am both gay yeah. and fully believing Orthodox Christian. Yeah, and I can't explain it. I'm not even going to attempt to. So don't demand that I do.
0: Right.
2: And in as far as I'm able or not able to decide whether or not I exist, I mean that's that is that's insane. Yeah. So it's like it's no wonder, though, mm-hmm. that that in your story that you would come out on the other side of it, being like. Angry. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you know, I, I, I just can't imagine cause that because that's not my story. I can't. And to answer your question, I don't feel like I have a lot of like, I mean, I have the luxury and the privilege um, of not harboring a ton of anger because the church didn't really do anything to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was just—I'm I'm a straight white guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have any problems coming up through the church. I mean, no, it didn't really do anything to me right, other okay. than lie to me about some things. Yeah. But I don't think intentionally. Like, I—I I don't think it was. But it's like it didn't. It didn't tell me stories. It didn't make me crazy uh-huh. believing that I couldn't exist in the world. Sure. And which it did to you, and it did to a lot of my friends. Yeah. And yeah, that would make me unable to set foot back in ever yeah. so it's remarkable that yeah. you're able to that you have a community well, yeah. that has facilitated your ability yeah. to yeah.
0: that's definitely its emotionally. own own journey for sure right like, it was not easy but wh- where i have been able to reckon with some of that just in my own experiences um when you drill it down to the individual which like, like what you just said like no one intentionally set out mm-hmm. to make that space for me and, and make, make me fit into whatever it was they were trying whatever the, yeah. the organization tried to make me fit into yeah, yeah, so yeah. when I think about the individual people you know the wonderful old ladies at my church that I grew up in um that's when I can be like god like Carolyn Anderson loved me like she yeah. loved me she absolutely loved me and, and ultimately um,
2: what they were doing was just they were parroting and reinforcing yeah. things that they were being told which I did Right. So it's like, and and they were just trying to, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it excuses it Mm -hmm. because then you can, then it explains it. Like, like, you know, so what every, every German soldier is without responsibility because they were just doing what Hitler said. It's like, not really. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like, at the end of the day, they were being told things Mm -hmm. and they were just saying, "Ah," because I can't tell you how many times I've had friends say to me, especially when it comes to like, um, being, a a Organize or or groups of people wanting them to come fully affirming, you know, in terms of you know like the LGBTQ and and stuff like they really want like I we need we want to hear you say mm-hmm. that you affirm us and that you welcome us and that mm-hmm. you um and that you don't think that we're all you know if not for uh you know being sprinkled with Jesus blood that we're all just going straight to hell yeah you know any more or less than you are um it's like People, I mean, I've heard people, I've had friends, you know, say to me like, oh, I would give anything. I, I I, wish I could. You know, that's weird language. Yeah. I wish I could. I do feel that way. And I wish I could say that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just constrained by what the Bible says. And I'm not able to extend to you that whatever, that love or that welcome or that that lack of judgment or whatever it is. I can't do it. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. I wish it was that. And it's like. No, you really can. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you, know, like, yeah you, but, you absolutely can. But, but 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 if that's the way that they see it, yeah. It's really frustrating, but you kind of you kind of I mean I'm kind of like shit, I guess I kind of sympathize. I mean, I yeah, you know, they, totally. I mean it's a bummer that you're bound to that in a way that's keeping you from loving when it, it's supposed yeah. to be the the absolute foundational cornerstone of it is love and acceptance, mm-hmm. and yeah. least of these, and most complicated people in culture. I mean, that that's a lot of what Jesus was about.
0: Yeah, it's astonishing how powerful. So it's weird, man. Powerful. I, I mean, it, everything we were talking about earlier, being able to just really turn off your own intuition, disregard what your body is telling you, or read that's, it, that, read it that's exactly something right. else. Like but, my body, my
2: intuition says I love you yeah, and that you're okay, yeah. and everything about you is okay, yeah. and to, should be celebrated, and is actually completely natural in the world. Mm-hmm. But oh, I'm constrained it's, by this thing that I have, I mean, now in parentheses, have no evidence for. Yeah. And <laughs> mostly seems crazy. Yeah. But occasionally, uh, I mean, so it's like, it's such a bummer. It's so, it's like, it really and, and I do, I do sympathize with some of my friends who I know love people deeply Yeah. and, and feel and, and can't go all the way because they can't go all the way because they feel constrained by this thing external of them. Yeah. Um, that I don't know I mean it's frustrating sure and I, and I get it I mean I, I mean I, it doesn't excuse the behavior but I do understand yeah. so you
1: left me here to document the slow on
0: well it's just it's it's so beautiful to to be on the other side of it though and, yeah. and to be able to look back and say like look at the relationships i have now look at you you've talked about this Like, I, i'm so much happier yes like that's the bottom line and that's the evidence that you really do have to reckon with right Everything I tried uh-huh. under this system, you know, I was constantly butting up against walls or whatever, like the sin, the shame, all of that, failing at things over and over again. And now I've found a way to engage with myself and I feel liberated from things that that, yes. that I was in a spiral of yeah. a cycle in I'm free there. of
2: bad and destructive things. Yeah. like that's, I'm reckoning with...
0: I really have to look yeah. at the, the evidence. I have all the morality
2: <laughs> that yeah. my previous system wished I would. I yeah. have it all, mm-hmm. except... I'm free and I'm experiencing it in a, yeah. I mean, like, was I, I mean, because when you really think about it, I mean, that's a great point. When you really, when I really think about all those years of the practice of evangelical Christianity, like, was there ever a point where I didn't feel on a treadmill or, I, or that I didn't, that, that I really felt truly happy and an abund, that whole abundant life liberated thing? Yeah. No. Not at all. And do do I know a lot of people who ever have? They'll tell you. I mean, the, the advertisement is of for abundant life. Of course. But like the whole thing that anyone who's spent any time in the church knows is, like every sermon series is, but why don't I feel the abundant life that's promised to me? Well, here's all the reasons and here's yeah. the way to find it. Yeah. And I don't think anybody ever does. And it's like, I for sure Ooh. do now. Yeah. And it's like, and 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 now we're talking about that intuitive real evidence of like okay like the evidence in my body mm. that i can tell you and and the collective of all my friends and so so now we're two gathered yeah and like we can now both say like that has been our experience mm-hmm. and that's not nothing you know like i mean i know everybody's gonna be like oh that's just your experience that's just your feelings and the whole deceitful heart thing yeah and i'm like right but i'm just telling you i was not happy and i was not behaving or i was not healthy
0: yeah
2: um a lot of the most destructive things in my life Literally passed through that grid of objective external morality yeah. on their way to 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 coming into the world yeah. and destroying things. Yeah, and I can tell you that that is I am not I'm no longer that man and would no longer like I, I I'm I just I don't I can't imagine I can I can't even relate to some of those behaviors and yeah. those things now, and amazingly not no longer connected to that thing. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's like yeah. I don't know, man. Like I did some of the worst shit ever. Yeah. Under both the watchful eye of and the moral, objective moral grid of evangelical Christianity. And yeah. I'm not blaming it. I take responsibility. Of course. Yeah. Because if it wasn't if it's not real now, it wasn't real then. So I mean it was always me. And so I'm always responsible for it. Yeah. And that's shit that I did. And I take responsibility for it. And Lord knows I I, you know, deal with the consequences of, but it's like it's just a whole I'm like you said I'm just I feel aware of it all now though and I can see it and right. I can reckon with I can reckon with it now and I being able to talk about it in terms of, I'm happier yeah. I mean I'm so much being
0: whole like that's been like yes. my whole favorite wholehearted Brene brown like all of that yeah. that whole uh, way yeah. of looking at life um and, and instead of looking at it in terms of am I falling short of the glory of god like That's precisely right. It totally transformed for me too.
2: For me too. And it's it's what Jamie Finch, she's like coming home to your own body, uh, like coming home to yourself. Love that. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. It is, man. man. And, and I have found it to be beautiful.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, in a more compelling way I, uh, I can tell. than I even, ever even than in, I ever have yeah. in all my years of being a megachurch. I mean, I, I yeah. want to evangelize this mm-hmm. way of living more than I ever wished <laughs> right. to evangelize the fucking treadmill mm-hmm. that I was on for. And it, and I can already hear the naysayers saying, "Well, that's because you treated it like a treadmill. That's because for you it was a system of morality that you were never measuring up to, and you you didn't clearly understand grace." And you could, and it's like, you know, okay. okay
0: what there's not an argument to be had there right? like it's,
2: it's, <laughs> and, and and I think that I for sure did understand that, yeah, I just don't for sure think that was a real yeah. place to land. I don't think it was a real thing that was catching me or could catch me and uh but I just know that i in contrast I am happy and yeah. I am mm. absolutely home now, one hundred percent there
0: was a a a one of your tweets gave me absolute just like delight. This was a while ago. I, I, I just remember it because I retweeted it, and I was like, "This person is doing the work." And it, you had said something mm. about you had had a conversation with uh, like a male friend, and you and you were like something about how oh, I just it, being able to acknowledge to each other like you're an attractive person. Yes. Um, and and how you walked away from that feeling. I don't remember what it was. It was were, the but.
2: like the the best, healthiest, best feeling thing. In the world. To have been able to spend time with a man who I admire. And and for us to be able to... It was just like one of those breaking down everything. Yeah. And pulling all of the binary controls off of everything. Uh And finding Uh all of the fluid turning knobs on everything. And just to be able to say... I got to spend time with a man who I find very attractive and admire. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a straight man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, and I, but I also know that not to be a binary thing. Right. And I mean, that's, which it's absolutely not. Which is exactly Sexuality right. is in no way binary. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and nothing really is, you know. And you, if you get into the nuances of reality and humanity, nothing is binary. Right. Everything's a spectrum and everyone's on it and it's always moving.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But to spend this time and for us to be able to affirm each other and to hear him say to me, a man who I find, I think, is very attractive, and for him to say to me that he thinks I'm very attractive, mm-hmm. and I was like, God, that was so, like, that That was, I mean, that, it was, like, so moving for me. Yeah. Like, I really appreciated that, and it was so, like, oh, it was such a great feeling and healthy, and, like, I need more of that. Like, it was so good. That- I, I would use the word glorious. Like, yes. Like, I really would take that word and just put it on that, Yeah, it's, it, it is, it's so... I think we're getting down into something like we'd done a tunnel under a bunch of bullshit yeah. and kind of found each other in yeah. a moment and been mm. able to like affirm each other and just be with each other and it had nothing to do with male female It had mm-hmm. nothing to do with we were just there and appreciating each other and 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 uh doing the hard work of saying things out loud to each other that were meaningful yeah. and encouraging and it just felt awesome I remember walking away being like <laughs> god that was great like I don't even, it doesn't matter what any of it means. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to categorize anything yeah. right now. I'm just like basking in how awesome that felt. I tried to, th- and I, you know what I mean? tried to imagine articulating that. <laughs> that tweet stirred up a shit storm. Though, I'll just tell you. Did it <laughs> really? <laughs> it really did. It was the best. Uh, I was like, that's ah, good. Yeah. Back into the trouble
1: I love. It's <laughs> exactly the kind of trouble I love being yes. in right here. Yeah. Um, no, that's but, great. That's fantastic. Uh, anyway.
0: Yeah. Just trying to think about trying to articulate something like that. Under you know when I worked for a church, like how, how could I yeah. Have ever? Yeah. Because I had those experiences with right. people, but I could never say it in yeah the way that it. And it
2: doesn't even have to be a a, a declaration or statement about anything. Yeah, you know it doesn't yeah. even have to. I mean, because for me it had no bearing on my. On any kind of like sexual... It's completely... Attraction or preference or... I was just saying like this was awesome. But it would have been...
0: Under under that other context, it would have been immediately connected to... Well, and
2: (laughs) a thing that I've said a lot in the last few years and I continue to say often is everything is a Rorschach. Mm -hmm. Everything is a Rorschach. Yeah. Everyone looks at... And I I said it in a different way a few years ago um, and it really continues to... As I have hypothesized about it and it continues to ring true... That there is no such thing as objective criticism, only unintentional confession. Mm. So everyone looks at things and tries and thinks that they are criticizing it objectively. Yeah. Like, well, really what they're doing is unintentionally confessing something about themselves <laughs> and the way they <laughs> see the world. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, but boy, oh boy, that has never been truer than it was on that tweet. Because yeah. like, there were a lot of people Ooh, who yeah. saw that as... I just felt like I was like on the other side of a two-way mirror in front of a gang of people all ch- unintentionally sh- telling me who they were or what they fear or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. Totally and I mean, right. I was just like eating popcorn on the other <laughs> side of that two-way mirror for a couple of <laughs> couple of days. But it was pretty, oh, uh, it that. was pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's like you learn a lot. You, you see a lot when you put something like that out there. And that's why I kind of like love doing it. Mm-hmm. I just, social media is my favorite video game. It is Like fun. I love doing it because yeah. I love dropping those things out there and just like, seeing what happens, seeing what happens. Yeah. like getting a real read on kind of where are people and like where are my people and where are these people yeah like what you know how are they that's, gonna
0: if you're gonna use it that's a great way to use it
2: and you... then let me and let me say one other thing about that and this is just an aside and it was a thing i never could have said but i really wished i could because it was a thing i for sure experienced the one thing i probably learned more than anything else from that experience tweeting that mm-hmm. it's so random that we're talking so much about this one tweet but like <laughs> Why not? But 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 one thing I for sure learned from that experience is that the gay community is the kindest, most welcoming community on the Aww. planet. Because let me tell you what happened as a result: a lot of people reached out to me privately, DM'd, uh, message on Facebook, some public response replies, and basically said, I- "If this is you being open to or saying that maybe you're bisexual or gay or whatever, yeah." we just want you to know that we welcome you and we are here for you. And we it was just, it poured out of everywhere. I was like, oh, I almost felt for a minute. I was like, oh God, did I, now I feel terrible. Did I say something flippantly? And am I going to make people feel like fools because they thought that I said something that I didn't, I wasn't trying to say. And so for a second, I was like, oh no. Like, I hope I don't, Mm -hmm. I hope that nobody, um, Think something and then realizes that's not what I was saying, and then feels any kind, uh, of, betrayal any or kind of weird yeah. um, feeling about it. But because mostly I was like, I was so moved by like, yeah. like all the Christians were like coming out guns a blazing. And but 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 all, all of my friends and people who I mean, it got kind of spread around and it, the message were coming back from everywhere. People just being like, if you need anything, if you, I mean, it, it, I just couldn't believe the absolute warmth and kindness that was coming at, at just some small evidence of me just even saying anything that yeah. could be taken any different mm-hmm. way. It was so moving to me. I was like, ah, well there's, and there's another point of evidence. I mean, if you uh, want to, if you want to
0: like, just like, yeah, no, oh, I, man. it is. It, it, it's, it's been, it was a real slow transition for me from <laughs> when I first, uh, it came out in several stages. You know, you come out and you say, "Well, I have a same-sex attraction," and then you yes. come out and you're like, "Well, I'm gay, and that's not going to change." But I'm single and celibate, and I'm committed to that, so that right. I can maintain my place in the church. And then you know, so there's there's phases, and and one of mine was, um, I mean, I, I was starting a nonprofit to br- like bridge building. You know, like that was yeah. my vision. I'm like, I'm here to be in the church and to bridge to the gay community. Yeah. And like we, I had a, I had meetings. It was hilarious. The first meeting was all. It was all church people and like my one gay friend that I had because I had no, I didn't I I I set out and I'm like I'm gonna build bridges, and I'm like I don't I don't have a gay community like that's not a thing I have right. But interesting, yeah. But being able to do that journey and that transition on that spectrum, man, you're I I just completely 100% affirm everything you just said. It has been, and it's it's not a thing I didn't know before.
2: I don't want it to sound like I only discovered it in that moment. Oh, I knew before, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I have a lot of gay friends, and so I knew this, and and I've actually. You know, Stockholm Syndrome was my first kind of foray, but like, I mean, I've, you know, like most of the press for that record was actually like, I did, I mean, I talked to like, 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 like the, the LGBT, uh, at that time, uh, press really came out to interview me and talk about that record at the time because it was getting into, the church's judgment on that issue yeah. and, and we're know, hungry all, for anybody and, 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 all, and, and all my it. friends who had come at the business end of that judgment and you know and like yeah. so it's like so i mean I, i'd spent some time but and so i, I knew this before but boy oh boy mm. i mean did i ever was that ever like that was i reminded yeah. you know and it's interesting also to hear you talk about like those stages you went through of like you know same sex attraction but i'm but i reject it mm-hmm. and now i'm gay but celibate so i can it's it, aren't we so comforted by categories yeah like isn't that so comforting
0: yeah like, like to be like
2: okay now, now who am i <sighs> like like i'm gonna like apply my brain to it and think about who what are the mechanics of how i work in the world where yeah. i fit mm-hmm. and like, here's my category now and i think okay i think i'm gonna tinker with this part of it so now mm-hmm. i'm now i'm just this version mm-hmm. and that's so because i feel like i've been doing that with my Non believing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm like trying to figure out, you know, and Dawkins uh, unfortunately gives me a lot of great uh, language with which to do that. And I'm trying to resist doing it because I let's, I mean, because my personality, I'm like a hyper analytical type. So it's like I love having words to describe things and myself. (laughs) But it's like I don't really want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd loved doing it you know, in the, you know, in for all those years, it's you great know, like, when you finally feel like you
0: have a little bit of freedom to tinker with some of those dials, yes. you know, and, and it's just fascinating I, to hear, like I here, did. here are
2: the stages, but it's, and it's just crazy how comforted we are by categories yeah. and yet how categories are ultimately categories used in, yeah. in mass and in, in front of large groups of people are just an effort to give short answers to questions for which there are no short answers. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they're not super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, they mostly yeah. only comfort us. Yeah. And and then they and keep shape us, our
0: communities a little bit. Yes, because there's a community that comes with each category, and
2: that's you know, true. And yeah. and in that way, they're they're good. And it's like it's like it's like in the same way that like marketing terms can be okay because they help you to find yeah. your way to things that you wish to consume. Yeah. Um, that's what the word Christian is when put in front of music face-
0: Facebook marketing segments that we're learning about. yeah right but now.
2: but you're right they do they gather they gather they gather yeah, people yeah and so that can be okay but it's like yeah. at the end of the day you're so much more yeah totally. you know but, I, but yeah. I forget that sometimes yeah I'll go through long seasons where I like I'm for sure not more than my very nuanced category of uh, myself yeah <laughs> yeah
1: uh, I don't want that I am redeeming this guitar by reimagining who we are. Who you are to me and who I wish to be for you.
0: What did it take for you to like come out? Because for me, I think it did take having uh, another community I could fall back on. That was always my greatest fear is like once I'm... Once right. I acknowledge this thing about myself, it is going to sever my ties to this community. And that's the only thing I've ever known. So I don't know beyond that that there is anything. All I know is that it's it's full of heathens and pagans and, you know, people who are going to hell. And I don't want to associate with that. I get that's not where I want to head. Right. So for me, it did take uh very slowly building a group of people who were um who who would be my community beyond once once I took that step away from yeah. from my Orthodox right. Christian so, faith. But, right? Yeah. You
2: wanted like a soft place to land first, yeah.
0: which is what that's kind of our mission statement now for this podcast uh, is being solid ground for people taking a step away from bad religion. Yeah. Like, um, right. That's good. So uh, what was it for you? What, I mean, how did you, um, cause that's, it is a big deal still to come out with a full record. That's
1: I know Um, um
2: for me, it was honestly, it, I, I, I don't feel like I've ever had uh, a community like that. Mm. And like I've never had a ton of friends. I've never had, and um, and and the, I think it it made it easier having gone through a divorce the years pre- previous to kind of coming to terms with where I was spiritually. Yeah. Because I'd already lost everything.
1: Mm.
2: Like everything. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I you know, ninety eight percent friend turnover.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and the friends that I had on the other side, and the friends that I, who are the friends that I have now you know like the people that you meet um and the first thing they learn about you is the worst thing about you are people you know are never going to leave you yeah and so i i feel differently fundamentally about the friends i have now than any friend i had before and that proved out because they all they mostly and i'm not saying I, i'm not saying i made it easy um i surely didn't i'm sure i surely drove them all away oh. i mean i don't, you know i'm not i'm not trying to like put responsibility and say like all oh, the people just left and what a bunch sure. of assholes yeah i mean i some of them for sure are assholes. Um, and I'm and I'm healthy enough to now say that because yes. I've gotten my emotional uh, rights back. Yeah. I have I have emotional rights and oh, it's not cool to treat me great. a certain way just because I just because I did something wrong doesn't mean that affords for you an allowance from which to draw to do things wrong to me. This um, by the way
0: is one of my favorite things that you were doing with Just with, with your persona, with your life right now, the tweet, the the Instagram picture you did the other day of like, sometimes you got to take yourself on a date. Yes. I just love the self-care stuff. Yes. It (laughs) it gives, it it gives permission. It gives people. It does.
2: And so even though some of those people were and are assholes, most of them aren't and they just didn't know what to do and they didn't know how to handle it. And I think they, and some of them have come back. And so I'm not putting that on anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I made it impossible for a lot of those people and they left. And some of it's circumstantial and some of it's whatever. It's seasons of life. But the friends that I have now, I had just post-divorce. And so going into really reckoning with my spirituality in a way that was like really going to pull the whole thing down for me personally, um, there was kind of nothing left to lose. Yeah. There was kind of nothing left to – there was nothing left at risk. Yeah. And so it's like, oh – you know, for me, it's like, was there it, a
0: personal barometer then that you had to like, what was there a threshold where you were like, okay, I'm like, I can, I, I can think what it was was, fi- yeah,
2: yeah, that's, that is kind of what it was. It was me finally kind of saying, um, it was my, my body had been doing the work.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and it had really done the work and it knew long before I did. And there was just a point and I've talked some about this, but the way the language I use for it is like there, you know, I think a lot of people and Christians really, unfortunately Carry the, bur- the burden of this, which is that there are, there is your your hypothetical uh, beliefs, your kind of projected beliefs, and then there's your actual, um, practical beliefs. There the, there's the there's there's what you are believing in practice. Yeah. That are your actual beliefs about how things work, mm-hmm. and then there's your projected hypothetical beliefs that you advertise. Yeah. And in as far as those things are out of harmony with each other. And in, and dissonant from each other is when you feel nuts, right. and that's where Christians start to kind of feel di- seasons of doubt and all that. I'm using finger quotes. Mm-hmm. Is like when your actual and your hypothetical beliefs are when your projected and 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 um, your practical and your projected beliefs are different. Yeah. Is when you you feel crazy yeah. because you're like literally like mixed up inside, and um, and I got to the point and healthy for a healthy person they're the same, and they're they're in, they're in harmony with each other. Um, where the thing that you practically believe is also the thing that you project that you believe, yeah. um, and I feel like I'm back in harmony now with that. But at that time, I realized it was just literally a point where I just ran out of bandwidth and energy to keep both plates spinning. I just couldn't do it, mm-hmm. and because because I mean I had gone for some months, and people would say, and I knew what the question they were asking. I speak this language, and that you know they were like, "How are you? Where are you? And with your you know and your faith and your walk and all yeah. that." that they, And I would, and I knew exactly what to say to keep their concerns at bay and to keep them, you know, and it felt like a version of maybe what could be true. I, I, you know, but I just realized all at once, I was like, you know what? I just can't keep saying that to people because it's really, that's, that's just not, that's not where I am. Like, and if I'm honest, I am like a skeptical I'm a distrusting deist, you know, maybe at best, mm. like maybe there's something out there. I for sure can't trust it. I'm highly suspicious that it is not for me. Right. Like rooting for me. Yeah. It's not helping me yeah. if it is there. And if it's not, wow, it's like Patton Oswald. It makes so much more sense. If it's all just chaos and cruelty, Well, God, that's other than the two seconds on the clock where you can look at it, you know, the broken clock looks right twice a day. (laughs) Other than those two seconds, the rest of all the seconds of the day, that seems to be what's true. I can glance up at it during the two seconds of the whole day that it's correct and think, oh, look, it has meaning. It has information. It knows something. But the majority of the time and the burden should really be on all the other seconds of the day, not the two that it happens to be correct. And so it's like if I'm truthful Yeah, none of this makes any sense to me. And I just finally ran out of energy emotionally to say that to people, to say, oh, I'm, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to just, because you only ever have one set of beliefs. You don't have hypothetical and practical. Right. You only ever have your beliefs in practice. Those are your only beliefs. That is all that you are really ever believing. Now, you can advertise other things mm-hmm. and sometimes i get it in the church that can be aspirational mm-hmm. it's why you walk into church and recite the apostles creed every week not because you believe it but because you wish to sure. I, I i get that but if that's what you're staking your life on and depending on for your for your life and your sanity not so much not so good and so like for me i just realized okay i'm just gonna ditch the whole practical the whole uh, uh projected belief thing i'm gonna just stop talking like that yeah and i'm only gonna tell people my actual practical beliefs yeah. when i'm practicing huh. and i just started doing it one day and i remember the day and i'm like some because i was getting a lot i was getting that question a lot back then and somebody said to me so how are you like how are you? and i was like i'm pretty convinced that god's not there that maybe none of this is real that maybe there's literally no meaning outside of my physical body and that maybe all of spirituality is neurological uh-huh. and i was like looking at them kind of ending all, every statement as a question yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and i just was like And I mean, it was weird, Mm -hmm. but then they walked away and I was like, whew, like, wow, that feels great. Like, why haven't I been doing this sooner? Like, cause that's, what's real. Yep. And like, in, as far as you are feeling that here is my, ad. you know, I, I would now encourage like anybody who's, if you are still, or, or, or still weighing out belief in Christianity or whatever, if that's how you're feeling, don't project beliefs that are not practicing for you don't do it because because the risk you run is stunting the growth and stunting the processing and understanding of what where you really are absolutely like ditch the hypothetical projected advertised beliefs ditch that like right now it does not benefit you even the part of you that wishes and hopes that it's true and maybe comes back to it even that part of you does not benefit Mm -hmm. because what happens is you put off the reckoning with and processing and and searching and understanding and the talking about yep. what you're really going through and what you're really believing. Yeah. Go ahead and get get to it. Go ahead and get to that. Don't delay. Like, you know, like don't wait to do it. Because if you're telling people one thing but secretly, that means you're not processing. You're you're like your your development is arrested. It truly and is. And you that is not good. It's not healthy. Yeah. Like go ahead and start talking about reckoning with, trying to understand, dealing with the implications of whatever you're actually believing, and move on through. Yes. And move forward and keep going. Absolutely. I'm not, say, I don't, I'm not saying put a flag down there. No. Keep moving. Yeah. But the problem is when you when you stop moving because you're pretending about, about it. That is not good. It's not healthy. And honestly, what's the end goal for you at that point? You're just going to be sitting there mm-hmm. – with no help and no yeah. one to he- know about it and no one to and and even you yourself not processing or understanding or talking about it or like even dealing with it start to deal with who you are where you are right now
0: mm-hmm.
2: in order especially if you're fearful about it yeah. that's the best reason to go ahead and get it out and talk about it and move on through it yep. you know like i mean otherwise you're really you could i mean you, you could you're gonna make yourself sick you will i mean my, my pal Jamie Lee Finch For the third time, I brought her up. This is what she does. I mean, she helps be like like a ton of her study, and she's one of the smartest women I know. And she's like getting, you know, uh, you know, she's like tirelessly studying and getting accreditation from, you know, like. Mm -hmm. But like she studies the consequence of toxic spiritual beliefs on your gut Mm. and on your physical. But it'll make you literally physically sick to do this. You don't do it, like you know. And so that would be, and so, so for me, I just got to where I couldn't do both. And I just ditched the one, which wasn't real. So I mean, it was a zero loss because yeah. I was like, I didn't lose anything other than, you know, a cork, you yeah. know, other than a, a finger in the dam. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, um, and that really opened everything up for me to be able to start processing it and talking about it. And I'm still talking about it. Yeah. You know, I 100% co-sign. I mean, I've lived both of them.
0: I, I- yes, I mean, a good five-year chunk of my life just yeah. totally. Let you know it. what?
2: I wonder if rings true to you. Like, I, I, as I even as I even say all that out loud, it feels like n- that doesn't just apply to spirituality. It could apply to your sexuality so much. It could apply to. I mean, the point is, it like go ahead and start to talk about and process yeah. and pull up to the surface and you know whatever you're suspicious, wherever you are, mm-hmm. whoever you are, go ahead and let's start talking about it. Go ahead and like stop hiding it. And let's start moving. Let's yeah. let's start making it part of what what's on the surface and who you are. And let's move through it. And let's talk about it. Let's process
0: it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your fear is that in doing so, you are going to lose something, uh, especially a connection to a community. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you might.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I and absolutely yeah. 100% promise that on the other side of yes. that is. Because if that's the case, Ugh. then go ahead and lose that. Lose it. Because it's not worth your affection. It's not no. worth your your weight. And it won't be the last time you have community. I promise
0: that too. And what like, you'll
2: find on the other side will be real because it yeah. will be something that you will be able to engage in in yeah. daylight. Yeah. With your, the, the full weight of your, your personality and your life and your experience and your, you know, and like that's what you need. And yeah, you know, so I, I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but... It certainly has been, that, that's that been the ethic of my path for sure. You know, and it sounds like yours as well. So, yeah. That's
0: anyway. gorgeous. I i love everything you're doing. I really
2: appreciate uh, you. Ah, you're the best.
0: Taking the time. Thanks for, yeah, listen. thanks for asking me. This and, has and, been and so for, great. And for your work of, like, as you talk about it, soundtracking this experience, right? Like, I think that's mm-hmm. just a beautiful calling too. Like, giving people. It does feel like
2: a calling to me now. The real estate. To yeah. You know, to, yeah. On which to exist. And like, to have some language and melodic comfort on that journey, some soundtrack to accompany them so that they know they're not alone, mm-hmm. you know? Because if someone's singing about it and providing the soundtrack, <laughs> that means you're not the only one. Yeah. And you're not the first one through. Yeah. And that can sometimes be the the the, 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 the only thing, maybe, that makes you truly crazy mm-hmm. is just the isolation and the feeling that you're alone in it, not mm-hmm. the going through it. I mean, that's hard. But really, ultimately, what cracks people is the going through it and feeling like you're the only one and you're alone and you might, and this might be your permanent place of residence. Like that is what can really tear somebody down, yeah. you know, psychologically. And so, yeah, I do. I feel like that's an important thing, you mm. know, and I'm grateful for the people who've done that for me, who have provided, who've been brave enough to make music about hard things records I know didn't sell well mm-hmm. because they're, it's not music for, you know, it's like I said last night, like <laughs> my music is not only not for everybody. It's for hardly anybody. My music is not for most of the time. It's hardly for any of the yeah. time, but the little bit of time my music is for, it's really for. Yeah, And absolutely like, absolutely. And you know, it is. It's absolutely. like, it's not for hardly anybody and not for, <laughs> even for those people, not for all the time. Mm. Um, but that's what I hope to do because mm-hmm. that, because I'm so grateful to the people who've done that and whose music has comforted me in those moments and provided soundtrack for me mm-hmm. when I could find hardly anything else. And Dave Bazan, he's a good he's a pal of mine, but he's a guy who's done that for me yeah. and has brought a lot of comfort. Um, yeah, so that's what I hope to do, you know. And that's what you're doing, you mm-hmm. know. You're hoping to provide that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's it's, it's funny I, when I when we set out to make you, then it was just.
2: I just needed to make the thing I knew I needed. You know, that's that is precisely. I had right. no idea why I was doing yep. this. I said it last night too. That is my creative mo. What yeah. I need and can't find, I make.
0: Yeah, and then in the process, you figure it out because
2: like... you got to know that if it's something you need, you're not probably the only person who needs yeah, it. Absolutely. And so, but you've in in business speak, like you found the gap in the market, mm-hmm. like you found yeah, the opportunity. Totally, there totally. is something <laughs> that that does not exist that I yeah. need. If I make it, I that it's surely there's an audience for that's it because if, if i'm solving my own problem that means that's probably a solution for other people
0: so heathens uh, that's what we call yes our friends and our listeners of the show uh yeah check this out check out fingers crossed i'll obviously link to everything in the great. show notes thank and you. Um, and the airing of grief too of grief, because if you can't if you can't get enough of this kind of conversation like airing we grief, grief that every yeah. week it's gorgeous thank you so much thank for your you, time Derek. it's
2: been a pleasure appreciate it
0: so much Thanks for listening to Heathen. We're here every week. And in the meantime, if you miss us, you can find us in the following ways. Follow at Heathen Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email at askheathen at gmail.com, especially if you have feedback or ideas for future episodes. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and that helps other people find Heathen. And if you'd like to contribute to this community for people who need a soft place to land as they move away from bad religion, you can support Heathen on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Well, thank you for your support with exclusive bonus content, which you know, is going to be freaking awesome (laughs) wherever you find yourself in this space of godless spirituality spiritual godlessness or anywhere in between you're not alone we're glad you're here here's to the heathens